called a sacrifice of praise when you when you feel like it the least is when you need to do it the most look at Paul and Silas in prison ah bad circumstance but what broke them out praise it's called a sacrifice of praise now anybody can praise him when the bank's full and everything's going good but it's when the bottom falls out that's when it finds out if you're really who you say you are that he's he's always constant Listen, okay, I, I, I am, we're going to have a, a deal here in a moment. So go ahead and be seated if you will. I had such a good time yesterday. We're going to have a good time today. All right. I like that beard. How come yours looks nice? Mine looks a little uh, shagged. You put anything on yours? Don't lie to me now. All right. It, it's pure. I'm going to see that thing just a second. I'm going to, I'm going to place something on it. Now, I want, uh, this is a smartphone, so I may have a little trouble. <laughs> All right, I'm going, to praise, uh, I'm going to play something that was sent to me yesterday at 1045. You want to hear it? I think it's very important and probably uh, one of the most premier things you're going to hear about the United States of America. You ready? This, came, this is a very credible man, used to be chancellor of Baylor University. Uh, that's the largest Baptist uh, place around. But anyway, uh, he came to one of the Morningstar conferences years ago, and he said, I came to a, a conference, never been anything like it in my life, said, uh, uh, I got in, they had prophetic lines, said, I got in Rick's because it was the shortest, then he said, I got over there in yours, said, you looked up at me, said, hey, I got something to help you, said, you carried me to your book table, gave me every one of your books, and he said, I went back to my room, opened one of the books, started reading it, he said, I closed the book, checked out of the hotel, went back to Waco, Texas, and resigned Chancellor of Baylor University to pursue the Holy Ghost. Now, I, uh, here's what he sent me here. Here's what he sent me yesterday. Uh, let me find it again. All right. And so we, now I'm supposed to punch something until something turns green. It's on. Hello, can you hear you? All right. All right. Here we go. Let, let me get it going. Christopher may have to come up here and help me here. Christopher, here we go. This is a letter from President Donald Trump, dated June the 4th, 2019. And he writes these words. I send my warmest greetings to those gathered in Israel to participate in the Jerusalem prayer breakfast. Today's event brings together devout men and women from more than 70 countries to pray in Jerusalem, Israel's rightful capital. 
The United States was the first country to recognize Israel as a sovereign state in 1948. And I am heartened to learn that many Americans will join those in attendance and seek our Lord's numerous blessings through the power of prayer. Though the Jewish people have faced immeasurable persecution and adversity, their unyielding and compassionate spirit remains strong. In Jerusalem, men and women of all religious backgrounds find a renewed sense of faith through the city's rich history. My administration stands proudly and firmly in support of the Israeli people and religious freedom. We will continue taking actions to ensure that Israel remains a beacon of religious liberty in the Middle East and throughout the world. Prayer unites people of all walks of life to seek peace, understanding, justice, and prosperity. Melania joins me in wishing you all a successful event with abundant fellowship. May God bless you and keep you always. Donald J. Trump, the President of the United States of America. Amen. Now, good. If you were in our school yesterday, I said the, one of the greatest things that's happened in America is a president that loves Israel. Now, this is President of the United States you just heard. Uh, that, that, well, that's the letter that he wrote. Uh, I'm telling you guys, you and I need to be thankful for our president. I think, I think some news media ought to be in prison right now for treason. I think the modern-day media should be tried for treason. And I'm serious about it now. And I'm so tired of people listening to the late-night comics as they, they ridicule. And that's not satire. It's sacrilegious is what they're doing. It's a disrespect and rebellion, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, you can watch Colbert and all these guys if you want to, but that's a, that they're idiots. I'm telling you guys, and God is going to stop their mouths. You read the shepherd's rod for 2019. Their mouths will be stopped. It says in the book of Titus, because they're subverting whole households. And that's true. And I'm telling you guys, uh, aren't you glad that the President of the United States would speak blessings over Israel? Now, I'm telling you, our prior president did everything he could to distance us from Israel. But I am telling you, I am challenging you to wake up and realize we're at war for this nation. This war is at, well, this nation is at war, and you and I are the soldiers. But I'm sadly uh, going to inform you, most of us are asleep. we got to wake up, rouse to reality. We're not going to get a second shot at this thing. I mean, this, this, is, this is for all the marbles here. And I'm telling you guys, we've got to stand up and we've got to be counted. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Times, seasons, purposes, and activities of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 said, There is a time and a season and a purpose for every activity of God under heaven. Now what the prophets need to do is operate under that sons of Issachar anointing. Remember it mentions in First uh, Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32, that anointing of the sons of Issachar, they had what? understanding of the times to know what the people of God should be participating in. And it says, all of their kinsmen were at their command. You find out the plot and the plan of God, you'll have a big following. Second, uh, first, Chron first Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. All their kinsmen were at their command. 
And so we need a church that'll find out the plots, the plans of God, and stand up, and then others will rally around. But if we go, oh, I don't know, you mean something's not right in church? Something's wrong in church. I'll tell you, one of the things is wrong in church, we need to purify our lives. We got to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. One of the things that's wrong in the church right now, we're allowing polluted people to stand in pulpits and we applaud them because they got a gift. I'm telling you guys, you better draw a line. I'm telling these preachers, I said, don't have this one, don't have that one. Their lives don't match up and they're releasing, they're releasing contamination and confusion. If I tell them it's going to tell these young champions, it doesn't matter how you live, just operate in your gift. It does matter how you live. God won't rest on an unclean vessel. The problem is the church is so deceived, they can't tell the difference between Holy Ghost and witchcraft. I'm telling you guys, somebody rebellious against God cannot be filled with Holy Ghost. And then, so you can't get power but from one or two sources, God or the devil. So somebody's doing some shenanigans, don't you think? Laying out with other women, then come stand in a pulpit and preach, and people applaud. What in the world? Uh, see, but we're asleep at the helm. Oh, I got some stuff to say. Here, hey! Yeah. Here's the deal. I'm telling you, listen. I tell them, if you go to the doctor with a broke arm and he says your ear's all right, get another doctor. We can't survive misdiagnosis another moment. Now, I know this. I know that uh, you say, well, Bobby, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, you know, no, we, we got we to gotta make sure we're walking because straight is the gate, narrow is the way. See, it's going to shock us. There's not near as many saved people as we thought. The way is straight. The gate is narrow. Few, F-E-W, few there be that find it. This thing going on now where any old thing goes, you're all right, I'm okay, you know, uh, you know. After all, God made us all. No, he said he made them male and female. This thing, I'm telling you guys. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to do the best I can to talk to you now. Now, here we go. I read that Sons of Issachar. I, I'm reading now out of 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And of Issachar, men who had understanding of the times to know what the people of God should be doing, 2,000 chiefs and all of their kinsmen were under their command. And so we need somebody that will stand up and separate the vile from the precious. Ezekiel 44, 23. Ezekiel 44, 23 says, The job of the day not priest is to teach the people of God the vast difference between the profane and the holy, the worthwhile and the worthless. So we've got to learn how to separate, don't you think? Yes. I'm telling you, one of the first visions I ever went into, I saw a, a standing up on a mountainside, throwing up the, the husk and throwing up the corn, and the wind would blow away the husk and the good would fall back. That's one of the first uh, things. I do what? The late 80s. Well, anyway, here we go. I, I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about some stuff, okay? Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So there's time. I'll read it for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Say, okay. You going there? Here we go. Ecclesiastes. What, what translation did I read out of? <laughs> Amplified classic. Don't get the one made in 2015. It's weak. Hang out. Hold out for an Amplified classic. 
You can get it in hard, hard thing, but hard thing's better than no thing. Okay, hardback, that's what I'm looking for. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose or matter under heaven. So God has set aside times and seasons and purposes and activities. Now, here's one of the things I think is wrong right now. Now, I'm going to use a verse you might have never heard it preached out of. It's Isaiah chapter 21. Isaiah chapter 21 verse 5 says this. You better straighten up. You better wake up. There's war at the door and you're sitting at a banquet? Way. Somebody needed to discern the time. Now, I'll read it to you. I'm, I'm in Isaiah chapter 21 and here's what it says. They prepare the table. They spread the rugs. And having set the watchmen, the revilers, the revelers, take no other precaution. They eat, they drink, but here's what happens. It's a scream. Arise, you princes, and all your shields, for the deadly foe is at the gate. If God is saying anything to the saints of God, the leaders in the body of Christ, rise up! Awake up! All your shields! Oil your shields. The number one shield we need to oil right now is the shield of faith. Remember what it says, Ephesians 6, 16, taking the shield of faith whereby we can quench every fiery missile of the enemy. But our shields are down. That's why the devil is making such headway in the church. Our divorce rate is the same as the world. What? The divorce rate in the church is the same as the world. Listen, if, if, if the devil can e- erode the home, he'll erode the church. And the n- next thing I want to deal with is this demasculation of the male in America. There's a war there. You understand that, don't you? I, I'm, I'm, when I leave here, I'm going to be going to Jasper, Arkansas, and I'm going to be doing a meeting with the end-time handmaidens. Oh, Lord. That was a Gwent. Etchen and Bloom, and then uh, also we're going to be with uh, uh, she, the lady that started that was uh, Gwen Shaw. She's in heaven now, but uh, I went up to Canada to do a meeting with Gwen Shaw years ago, and the airport venue was packed to the hilt. It was just, uh, and so Miss Gwen gets up there, and uh, listen, Miss Gwen gets up there, and here's how she started her service. You ready? She said, You know, I don't like sissy men. You know? Me neither. And her little husband, he used to be an airplane fighter pilot like old Bud made her there. But her little husband, he was a little wisp of a guy sitting right there from Britain. And he's sitting, he says this little bitty thing. And when she said, I don't like sissy men, that's why I married him. Oh, he puffed up, man, good. Yeah. yeah. But I, I believe we need some more people standing in pulpits saying, I don't like sissy men. You know, I, okay. The Bible says, show yourself as men. We're supposed to be leaders. All right. Here we go. Let me, let me read this again. They prepare the tables. You know, they prepare the tables. All they've done is set some watchmen up. But if you don't respond to what the watchmen say, why have a watchman? Prophets are watchmen. But the prophets are so busy now trying to be politically correct, we forget to wake up the warriors. 
You are the princes. You understand that? Let me read it again. Isaiah 21 verse 5. They prepare the tables. They spread the rugs. You know, they, you know uh, it's a festive party. They, they lay the rugs. They have set the watchers. The, reve the revilers, the, the revelers, take no other precaution. They eat. They drink. They're right in the middle of a party. Do you see it? But what is the warning? Rise up! All your shields! The, look what it says. Rise up all the shields for your deadly foe is at the door. Where? At the door. You can't look at the church in America and say the deadly foe is not at the door. We've got people that say they're preaching this hyper grace message. You don't have to confess your sin. All of that's covered. You're an idiot. You better read Hebrews. Hebrews says, if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of sin, there remaineth no more sacrifice for that sin, but a fearful looking of fiery indignation that shall devour the adversary. God counts sin ugly. We go, oh, yeah, and I'm, you know, Bobby. I, I, my wife's sitting right there. We were doing a, a prophetic conference, and they lined all the head... All, every prophet you could think of had them in this barn thing and they had people lined up and they could just come to you. So my wife will testify to this. I'm standing there. She's standing beside me. Up comes this man and a woman. I looked at him and I said to him, uh, Hey, what are you doing with her? She, he goes, oh, Well, she's, a, she's our, youth, our, our youth director. I said, No. What are you doing with her? In a prophetic conference, and he says, well, this is a pastor. Yeah, she had a big black eye, and I'll tell you about that later. But here, here's, they're standing in a prophetic conference, and here's what the pastor said. I said, what are you doing with her? And he said, well, the Lord has told me that if I leave my wife and she'll leave her husband, and we can marry, and it'll make our ministry much better. Somebody better sound the alarm. This is a pastor in America. I said to him, well, I said, I told her how she got her black eye. She was thrown out of bed and hit the coffee table that night. Is this true? I said, what was my last word to the preacher? Don't lead this woman to her death. I'm telling you, God counts sin serious. But here's a, here's a pastor in America bringing, wanting prophetic validation, saying, God told me to leave my wife. And, see, listen, there's a fake Jesus out there. I've had to deal with people that have been dealing with a fake Jesus. Paul said, if anybody preach any other Jesus than I've preached, let him be accursed. Put him out. There's a fake Jesus out there. I just had to spend some time with a man that's been deeply sidetracked by a fake Jesus. I'm telling you, the, the Jesus we want to follow is right here. Right here. But when people get up and start talking things that are different than this, you better leave them alone. You better shut them out of your life. They're sowing error in you. And I'm telling you guys, thank God for people. We've known uh, uh, David and Shirley for good Lord. How long? 27 years. Yeah, oh man, first time I ever met him, he was Rick Joyner, he was his uh, associate and did all the secretarial stuff. Then we was off down there in, uh, where was it? Mobile. Yeah, we had some times, good Lord. 
We did a thing down there and a hurricane came, uncovered some slave ships. See, God, you, God will send a wind and cover, uncover what we've been trying to hide. Yeah. Yeah, we had thunder in the bay. You remember that? A hurricane come and uncovered some slave ships out off the coast. Good Lord. Oh, Ray Hughes was with us. He's wilder than a tree full of monkeys, ain't he? I love Ray. Ray is wild. He sounds like Jeff Foxworthy, but he's got two doctor's degrees. Yeah, Ray Hughes. Knows more about m music and musical instruments than probably anybody in the body of Christ today. Old Ray. Whew. <laughs> Did I? T uh, okay. Oh, Ray, Hugh and I, Ray Hughes and I were coming out of Nashville one night, driving, and it's about 2 a.m. in the morning. And so we stopped at a Waffle House. Now, a Waffle House in America at 2 a.m. in the morning, that's a sideshow, man. So, now, you, it's about to get a lot better. Me and Ray pull in there. We're going to get some uh, coffee and a sandwich or something. And just as we're getting out of the car, out in drives a Cadillac full of Elvis impersonators. One of these big old Cadillacs with these fins on it. They get out, they got their glasses and they're big. We put on a show, man. We had them dancing all over that thing. Oh, man. Ray Hughes. Lord bless Ray. Yeah, bless him. Uh, I'm telling you, they, there's some, they are some people that hold the line. Thank God for pastors and uh, churches that say, we're, we're not going to have any of that garbage. We want the truth because the truth will set us free. So I'm saying to you, arise, oil your shields. Oil your shields. Now, the shield is worthless if you don't oil it. Most battle shields were made out of leather. And if you didn't oil the leather, the leather would dry up and pull apart. Then when the fiery darts came, they'd come through the crack and you wouldn't last long. Oil your shields. Don't you believe the princes, the saints of God need to wake up and oil the shields? Oil that shield of faith. But when Jesus appeared to me, he was uh, sad. His face was ca cast down. And here's what he said to me. He said, Bobby, my people don't like to talk to me. The least attended service in any church is prayer meeting. My people don't like to talk to me. The least attended service in any church is prayer meeting. And that's what had him sad. Then with a twinkle in his eye, he said to me, but Bobby, I'm going to give you a phrase that will turn prayer from a drudgery to delight, from a duty to a desire. I said, Lord, I want it. I want a phrase that will turn prayer from a drudgery to a delight, from a duty to a desire. And he said, here it is. You tell people what true prayer is. It is an audience with the king. And I wrote this book. Audience with the king. No potentate on earth gives that kind of offer. Anywhere, anytime, any place, you can come before God. Isn't that amazing? And you can let your request be made known unto God. Here's what Jesus said about prayer. John 16, 24. Up until now, you've not asked. Ask now and you'll get what you're asking so your heart will be happy. You might ask, why now? 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, now is an acceptable time. A time of assured welcome. A time God will hear you and help you. So it's, a, it's, it's time to be prayer warriors, don't you think? If we're going to get right with God. And how do you pray? I'd suggest Matthew 6, 6. Matthew 6, 6 says, find the quietest room in your house. Get in and shut the door. What does that mean? It means unplug the TV, check off the internet, and get still before God. Psalms 46, 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. 
Our generation hates silence, don't we? We got to turn something on. There's, there's these cars now. They put them sound systems in them. You can come hear them coming a block away. Good Lord. Every time I hear that, I think Psalms 46, 10, 11, be still. I think the audio, the, the doctor, ear doctors are behind all that. They know somewhere down the line, these kids are going to go, huh? Eh? You can't listen to that kind of amperage. Well, anyway, have you heard them? You pull up the side. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I like different sounds. Did you know there's, there's the sound of silence? If you get still before God and put your focus on Him and begin to think about Him, you, you, you'll get out of this world into another world. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Oh, man. I dare you look up that whose mind is stayed. It's a firm word for focus. See, but we don't hardly focus, do we? We have a distractor, a distractor and a disturber. Have you ever tried to get still before the Lord? And some thought came and said, car payment's due next week. Yeah. You know who that is? That's the devil. Disturbing you and distracting you. We've got to learn how to shut all that out. And focus. Get into the Word of God. And then pray back to God the Word of God. That's 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask Him anything according to His Word, we know that He hears us. If we know that He hears us, we're totally confident we're going to get what we're asking. We need some confidence back in the body of Christ. Here, here's a great verse, Philippians 1, 6. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he that hath begun a good work will complete it. Aren't you glad? Yeah, so you need some prayer help coming up pretty quick. Somebody to help moderate, is that what they said? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Get up and pray back. What? Pray the model prayer. Did you know most churches are destroyed from the intercessory prayer team? Oh, what? The Lord told me to tell the body of Christ, most churches are, are split from the intercessory prayer team because the devil saw he couldn't stop prayer from coming to church, so he infiltrated witches into the intercessory prayer group. I said, God, I'm not saying that. Until you don't show me the difference on how to ferret them out. He said, it's been before your face all this time. After this manner, pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven. A witch will have a hard time praying that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. A witch will stutter on that. So if we start praying the pattern, it'll ferret out the witches. Oh, you don't think, you, you don't believe it. I'm telling you, witches have split more churches. They spend more time trying to stop revival than we do start it. The whole nation has been drawn in lines of nines. Well, anyway, I'm telling you. Okay, I'll put that up now. Prayer is important. I've had Christians say, well, I don't know how to pray. They're saying, I don't know biblical verbiage. I said, you can talk, can't you? Have you? How many times in the Bible do you read this statement? And they cried unto the Lord. We think they go, that's not what that word cry means. Look it up in Hebrew. And they cried unto the Lord. It means they screamed and screeched in anguish and agony. They got serious. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see how serious they got? Psalms 107 verse 23. Psalms 107 verse 23 says, These men that do business in great waters, they see the works of the Lord. 
because he raises up the stormy winds. It lifts the boat real high. It drops the boat down to the depths. And these seasoned sailors stagger to and fro. They're at their wit's end. Have you ever been there? I promise you from God, it's a journey every one of us have to take. We'll get in a circumstance, a situation that's above our pay grade. They're at their wit's end. Psalms 107, verse 23 and 24. They're at their wit's end. Means they've expended, expelled, expired all of their expertise. And the storm's still howling. Next verse is paramount. T-H-E-N, then. They cried unto the Lord in their distress. They screamed and screeched in agony and anguish. And the Lord heard them. Stopped the storm. Brought them peacefully into their desired haven. Then the next verse says, oh, that man would praise God for his goodness. Wow. Then. When? Then. Wow. Did you read 2 Chronicles 20? 12, neither know we what to do against this great multitude that's come up against us. But our eyes are upon you. And they're praying and fasting. And he said, the Spirit of God spoke up to the prophet. Remember that? Wow. Then the Spirit of God spoke. After they cried and screeched in agony. Well, God, maybe if you want to say something. We better seek the Lord while he may be found. We better call out to him while he's near. Listen, our forefathers never dreamed we'd have discussions like this. No, we drifted away, hadn't we? I'm writing a book about the devil. Yeah. His number one ploy, guess what it is? Here it is, his number one ploy. It ain't me. Guess who's helping him? Liberal preachers. I'm chronicling their statements. Here's what one of them said years ago. I gave up the thought of a blissful heaven or burning hell. Somebody with theology like that should be disqualified from the pulpit. That's what I think we're going to have to rise up and have some people disqualified from the pulpit. You know, I talked about these contaminated, contaminated itinerant ministers. I'm t- the pastors need to get together and say, don't have him, don't have them. we got to warn. And pastors are supposed to be, they're tenders to the flock. You say, well, now, Bobby, you know, I, I, uh, you know what about forgiveness? Mm-hmm. They cannot be forgiveness till there's brokenness. It's the broken and contrite heart God won't despise. There's no forgiveness. There's no restoration without brokenness. You read, you read Psalms 51. You remember when David, he said, oh, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm broken on the inside. Oh, man, there's no soundness in my flesh. And then he prays that great prayer in Psalms 51. Wow. Say broken. Broken. Yeah. I deal, I deal with these people all over the world. And listen. That's one thing that's missing is brokenness. Oh, some of them are sad they got caught up with. But that's, it's brokenness because you've wounded the heart of the Lord. You've contaminated the people of God. That's what ought to shatter your heart. Not that you're... Oh, Lord, oh, man, I'm telling you. It's, I, I, they, you know, one of the things they do, they, they ask me to sit in on church councils to kind of oversee, see what the church is doing. The other, the, I'm telling you, 
I'm in one of those meetings, and it's a good church. The pastor's a fine man. All the people, the, and the, here's the elder board. We're sitting in there, and I'm, I'm going to tell you just exactly what happened. I'm sitting right here. My job is to look over spiritually the church, give them recommendations on what's going on. And there's a Swedish little lady sitting right there. She's not, she's not mean, not hostile, not uh, uh, conniving. And here's what she said. Here's what she said in an elders meeting with a prophet there that's supposed to be overseeing the temperature of the church. She says, oh, thank Jesus. I am so happy that same-sex marriage passed. Now my daughter can marry her partner. In a meeting, and I look to see how the elders in the church and their... So I watch them all shake their head, and they get right back to me, and I turn to this dear little lady. I said, ma'am, I am appalled. I am shocked, and I am appalled that you would say, oh, thank Jesus. Jesus had nothing to do with same-sex marriage. And you think I'm going to sit there in a church that I'm supposed to be there overseeing their... That wasn't No, that wasn't that long ago. But do you see how deluded we are? These are the princes. These are the elders in the church. We've spread our tables. We've drinking. We're eating. We're partying. Well, we got some watchmen. They're worthless if you don't do what they say. And you remember he cried out to the watchman, 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 what do you see? He said, I see a strange thing, light and night at the same time. He saw Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The, light, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, but deep, dense darkness will cover the nations. We're gonna get, we can get in the brightest of times or we can get in the darkest of times. Yeah. It depends upon us, us responding to truth. Don't you think? Yeah. You say, now, Bobby, uh, you, know, uh, you know, there's hate crimes now. There's a mayor in a major city in America tried to make it illegal for any pastor to stand and read Romans chapter 1 publicly from the pulpit. That's, that's yes. One of the largest cities in America tried to make it illegal. Asked that every pastor submit a manuscript of his message. Now, this is America. Wow. Something's up, isn't it? We've got to defend the faith. Is what you have worth fighting for? The book of Jude said, I picked up my pen. I was going to write to you, write to you concerning the common salvation, the rudimentary elementary principles of Christianity. But he said, I found it needful to write unto you that you would earnestly contend, fight to the last drop of blood. For the faith, the faith that was once and for all delivered to you. Why have certain men have crept in unawares? Well, they have, hadn't they? Can I give you a story? Sure, Bobby. Go ahead, you're on the way to the plane. I, I got to get to plane. Let me miss the plane. Here's what happened. Years ago, years ago, uh, before the super secret friendly church came out, old Rick Joyner said, I want you to go to Colorado Springs with me. I go, okay. So we go to Colorado Springs into a meeting. Bill Heibel, all these uh, super secret friendly guys, they're in a big, they're in a big room around like this. And that, they're pitching the super secret friendly idea. And every one of them was just on board. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just a tag along. I wasn't invited. You know, I didn't get a dear come to the meeting card. But Rick Joyner drug me up there. 
And so uh, Rick's there and I'm here. So when it gets to my time, I push myself away from the table. And all of these leaders said, oh, no, Bobby, you're here. We'd like to hear what you've got to say. So here's what I said to him. You ready? Mark it down. What you men are proposing will not work in the church. It will woefully fail the body of Christ. Say it. Woefully fail the body of Christ. Now, that's totally opposite of what they want to hear. So they're clicking off their recorders. <laughs> this is true. And then I, I, I turned it over to Rick. And Rick sat there, it seemed like 20 minutes, which was about three, messing with his beard. And he goes, well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to agree with Bobby. Now, then it, it looked like the quickest way in the world to build a mega church in America was to go super seeker friendly. Is that right? Pack them out by the thousands. I thought, God, you told me it was going to woefully fail the body of Christ. He said, show's not over. All these years went by, and Bill Hybel wrote a letter of apology to the church, and here's what he said. We thought we could make disciples, but we only made church members and woefully failed the body of Christ. Use the same statement I used in the Word. I'm telling you guys, you know what the super friendly is? It's a watered-down attempt to mold God into our image instead of us being molded into His image. I tell you what, the most dogmatic man ever lived was Jesus Christ. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. That's what he said. What happened? He said the whole crowd goes, whoosh. And he looked at his boys and said, are you going also? And what did they say? Listen to it. Where else? Do you hear a secret meeting somewhere? They already been behind the camel stall going, well, I don't know, this guy's pretty radical. We ought to try. Where else could we go? See, they'd already ticked off every option, hadn't they? I'm telling you guys, you better be in this thing to win it. You understand? Put your whole life into it. I never got into anything to lose. Now, I talk this away everywhere. Because... There, there's contamination everywhere. Uh, I, I could tell you stories that would make you want to throw up about leadership and their, their ungodly actions. These are supposed to be leading the princes. And you remember, cry, tell them, get up, oil the shields. I want you to oil the shield. That means apply the Holy Spirit to your life. Psalms 92.10 said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. We need fresh oil. We need fresh fire. We need a move of God. One of the best ways to lose a move is to think we've already seen it all. We ain't seen nothing, have we? Not really. We better get ready. I've read the Bible. It says it's going to fill this whole earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. You say, well, Bobby, let's get back that thing about this uh, seems like a hostile attitude towards the LBJ, what is it, what do they call them? I don't know what they used to call them where I grew up, but uh, I'm telling you what, guys. You would think they're 99%, two and a half percent. But look how much power they will. Why? Because we've sat at our rugs. We've eaten our feast and hadn't listened to the watchman. We hadn't arise and all the shields. You see what we're talking about? The blame is going to be on us. But they've infiltrated 
and they've made it acceptable. And now they're trying, going to make it illegal to say it's not acceptable. Have you read the Bible? Did you see when, wasn't it, what Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner had his, you know, people applauded. Did you read Leviticus? Said it's an abomination. You can't get a stronger word than abomination. I mean, it means something ought to be wadded up and thrown to hell. Yeah. It's an abomination. Wow. And then we, we go, oh. I heard an evangelist stand on a platform and said, oh, I'm so glad I just love him. Him? No, no, he said, I'm so glad I just love her. And that's when I screamed, her? What evangelist is going to stand on a platform among and say, God, listen, something's up. Now, if you don't offend anybody, you can fill the building. But God's going to hold us accountable for just counting heads and nickels and noses and not standing for the truth. So Isaiah 21, 5, it's time to arise and oil the shields. Do we even know what it means? Apply the word of God, the bomb of God to our lives. Got to have it, hadn't we? Yes? Oh, Lord. My wife and I was up there in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, and they put us in a nice place at the base of a beautiful mountain. I'm out, and I had these little sissy slippers on and some dress pants, you know. And I'm sitting out there reading the Bible, and the Lord said to me, Get up and climb this mountain. I said, God, these are not hiking boots, and I did, I'm studying the Bible. Mm -hmm. He said to me, Get up and climb this mountain. So I got up in my little sissy slippers, had that leather on the bottom of it. I'd try to walk over the brush and walk up a mountain, cloud crossing, up a mountain. I'm breathing like a, uh, <laughs> and so anyway, I, 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 I'd take a step, slide. So I'm going up this mountain and I'm really out of breath. And there was a tree stump. It looked like it had been freshly cut. So I thought, I'll sit here and rest. And just as soon as I put my weight on it, it disintegrated to dust. And I rolled down about 10 feet. The Lord said, you can't stop there. That's where man is. He said, keep going. It took me, it seemed, for a long time to get up to the top of that mountain. And I'm, I'm really exhausted and the altitude is high. And I said, okay, Lord, what is it? He said, I want you to look right there. I'm between two giant boulders, huge, gigantic boulders. He said, I want you to look right there. And so I said, okay. And he said, no, I want you to look. So I took my foot like that and scraped away the dirt and there was a, a brass plaque a brass plaque with a spike driven down between it and on it was like a compass north south east and west and he said Bobby from this point right here they laid out this whole valley that you can see this whole valley was charted from this point right where your foot is he said if you get off the least amount right here time you get down to the valley you're miles off See, if we get off here, if we get off here, time it gets out into the body of Christ, we're miles off. We got to get back to the Word of God. Oh, my goodness, that was something. That, that was also, I was up there at the same place, and a whole pack of people have come, and the, God wanted me to release anointing, 
And so I'm talking to Carolyn. I said, now listen, they're going to fall everywhere and we need somebody to catch them. If we don't, they're going to fall on one another. And we're over here trying to plan how to line them up so if they fall, you know. And here, and here comes the Holy Ghost. Boom! Blew them, everyone down. There's a dog pile this high. There's legs. There's everything. Holy Ghost said, don't you ever try to tell me how to do my business. Yeah. 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 yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, that's good. Me and old Larry Randolph, we used to, we, we would, people would stand up and shoot them like a pump shotgun. Boom. It just, yeah. All right. We get to Germany. I get to Germany. Uh, there in Cologne. I get to Germany and uh, I get up there to preach and some lady jumps and goes, shoot me. I said, lady, sit down. You know, uh, shoot me. I go, no, no. Okay, listen, I got to uh, check out of here in just a second. I got to get on plane, fly down to San Antonio, and then, uh, well, we're going to have fun. Out there's a book table. If you can, please uh, look at the books and uh, get them if you, if you can. Listen, I had a good time. How did he do in the wedding? Did he crack it? Isn't that good? I'm so glad. Thank you so much. Pastor's already said, you need to do more schools here. So I think so. I, I want to fill that whole pasture full of people out there and have an open air meeting. An uh, open air meeting. The next school I do here, I want to do on the seven spirits of God. Yeah. If we're going to get into truth, we need to find out the seven spirits of God. Only one person ever walked under Jesus. And we're going to look at that. The seven spirits of God. I was a Baptist preacher a hundred years ago and preached a message on the seven spirits of God. Wow, you'd have thought we snake handlers. Uh, yeah. Okay, so God bless your heart. Thank you for coming. Uh, pastor can uh, do whatever you need to do. Yeah, I better get on out here. God bless you. Thank you, Lord.